Jojo, Jojo, storms are growing in your eyes. Sarah, Sarah, Sarah. No time is a good time for goodbye. Yeah, that's the way to kick it off. Should I start recording? Oh, yeah, I'm recording. <laughs> Are you not recording? I am now. I'm 32 seconds in. Uh, we missed the good Sarah intro. That's all right. Next podcast. Hi, Joe. <laughs> if, Hall if, of Famer. If there is one. Hall of Famer. You feel any different? Um, no. No. <laughs> you know, they gave me uh they gave me two minutes, which is good for a lot of things, mm-hmm. but not for summing up your life after 30 years in sports. So I rushed. You're gonna love this. This is this is so tailor-made for you. Okay. I rushed, it went really well. Yeah. Like to the outside world, it was it was like I stuck the landing. Okay. I got the Olympic gold because yeah. I went Beelined it out there, two minutes, whatever. I went like 340, but here's the part you're going to love. So I have the whole thing written down. I'm kind of making eye contact with the crowd, kind of not, kind of referring to my script. And at the end, I'm building this crescendo with Michelle in my (laughs) speech in front of like 25,000 people. I said, so I met this girl nine years ago. She was standing in the Denver Broncos stadium after a Peyton Manning game, and I stalked her, and I married her. That was seven years ago, and three years ago, she blessed us with the birth of Blake and Wyatt, our two great sons. But I never said her name, (laughs) and so she's mad (laughs) because I got to the end, and I was like rushing because I was so over time. Right. And so at the end, I never say her name. So if you read what I wrote, which I don't have near me, but the, the gist of it was, I met her, I stalked her. She's made me the vet, best version of myself I can ever remember. I'm in love, and I adore my wife, Michelle Beisner, who's the best thing ESPN's Monday Night Countdown has going for it. That's what I had written down. Uh, but because I was rushing yeah. at the end... I I gave everything except her name. Oh, my God. So it could have been anybody. Because <laughs> she's like, oh, now I look like a Peyton Manning groupie. <laughs> and nobody knows that you and I are married. I'm like, first of all, they ran this during the commercial break at the Hall of Fame ceremony. Right. So this is in the category, if a tree falls in the woods and nobody's there to hear it, does it actually make a sound? If If a guy goes into the Hall of Fame... And the two networks covering it are in commercial break. Is he really in the Hall of Fame? That's basically <laughs> what it was. And now I my name is Mud to her because her dad said to her, her dad's like Dr. Doom. He's like, you know, I say he's going to say 60% about his dad, 20% about his mom, 10% about his kids. And 10% about his career. And Michelle's like, well, where does that leave me? And he's like, well, you know, he may, he may mention you. So now I'm the asshole that fulfilled the prophecy 
that was put out by her dad. And it <laughs> oh just, I God. just, fuck. It just, fuck. That's it. Wow. Well, I, you know, but who gives a shit? You know? Yeah. I mean. Had he said nothing, had her dad said nothing, then nobody would, in fact, you have to be her to even realize I didn't say her name. I talked about our love affair and I stalked her and we married and we have Blake yeah. and Wyatt and all that. But you have to be her to go, well, you never actually said my name, but it wasn't on TV. This is what I'm saying. Like, so let's psychoanalyze it for a second. Like, why does she really need that? You know, you said all these amazing things about her, you know, and she knows it's about her. And that's all that really matters. So from a psychological standpoint, sort of what, what's the, well, who cares? Who gives a shit? Whether you say her because her or not. dad that's 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 the answer that's it. to your question. The answer is because her dad laid out this. She's like, he's never right, but he's always right. I'm like, he wasn't right. I had this. This is the speech. Here, hold it, read it. I, I was I was a minute thirty over, and I feel like this guy David Baker, who runs the Hall of Fame, is going to tackle me from the side. Yeah, I mean, you know. Whatever. So, oh God. I, so how do I feel? I feel I feel incomplete. <laughs> was it a fun day, or was it you know? Oh, it was great. The whole thing was great. Um, I loved it. It was great seeing Troy there, and a lot of Fox guys were there, and because Jimmy Johnson went in, so it was awesome. It was fantastic. Oh, it fun, was dude! Everything I hoped for. Yeah. And and, and what is your bust? Did you get your bust? <laughs> Yeah. How's that look? I got I got a plaque. <laughs> um, let's talk about you for a minute, and then I have one more thing to bring up Yeah, about myself because I'm a narcissist, but how excited and or scared are you to leave tomorrow to go to Albuquerque? Um, so I went, I was there last week for a few days. Aaron came with me, um, stayed at this really cool boutique little hotel, so we had a nice time. Um, and no, I'm easing into it. I'm, I'm, ex- I'm actually excited, you know? I've uh, I've come to terms with it. I'm still riding out my insanity. I love, I love. Uh, I think I don't know what you said. Like it's Oliver's. It's been at nine and a half months, and he's still coming off of his Lexapro. <laughs> <laughs> it's been full gestation and try three mess three mesters. It's the longest come down in history. Yeah. Um, no, I'm I'm uh, I'm excited about it. You know, it's a fun character, something completely different. Um, everyone's really cool and the family's coming with me for the first few days and then I'll just, I'll just be back and forth, you know, I'll be back and forth and, and, uh, what are you going to look like? Are you going to shave the mustache? Are you going to cut your hair? Uh, they cut my hair. They want it long. So here's the thing. I'm an FBI special agent. All right. But I've had a sordid past. I, I don't work in the black and white, I sort of exist in the gray, yeah. And I need my look to sort of, you know, exemplify that. So I wanted to have longer hair. I did the table read for Fox for your boy Charlie and um, the WB with my mustache just to see, and it was sort of a split. Half of them were like mustache, and then half of them were like I don't know. I like the mustache. So what we're going to do is grow the mustache, grow the beard a little bit more so the mustache isn't so prominent. And jeans and a t-shirt, you know, that kind of a guy. Casual FBI special agent guy. Not clean cut, buttoned up. Do you like, is that better than being clean cut and buttoned up for you? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, there's more to it. 
You know, there's more to the character than just sort of some standard issued FBI special agent. Um, it's a fun character. It's a good character. You know, I mean, I think as you get deeper into the character, if they start to explore his personal life a little bit more, you know, it could be fun. It could be fun. I'm looking forward to it, actually. Um, do you want to tell the folks what you've been up to lately? Since you're kind of an open book and we've talked for three months on this podcast about your supplements yeah. you're taking? Um, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I will. I, you have to help me out. I, I don't know. What am I doing? What did I take? Are you, are you or are you not back on Lexapro? Oh, oh, yes, yes. Okay, so for those of you who are, who are interested in, in the antidepressant movement <laughs> and uh, following sort of my sanity, yes, I, I tried the Trintelix. And it kind of worked. It took an edge off, I think, but it didn't fully do the trick or something. I don't fucking know. And so now I'm still on half Trintelix and then half Lexapro. I'm oh. going back, working my way back into the Lexapro on a small dosage, you know, and then hopefully wean off of it again after I'm done with this show, you know. I tried hard. I just have to be present. I have to be, you know, I have to be right fucking there. Um, and Do you have a lot I, of dialogue I, in this show? Uh, I mean, not yet. I mean, I have, yeah, I have dialogue. It's, it's decent, you know. But no, I mean, sometimes you get the script, the next script, and you're reading through it, and you're like, oh, my God. Do you find when you are not properly medicated or just stressed out that it's hard yeah to read ingest regurgitate yeah what you're supposed to do yeah yeah um yes so every actor can relate to sort of the freeze out moment where you go up on a line and everything just disappears you know you that's where nerves sort of take over anxiety takes over and boom you just blank it's almost like a blackout i've had that every actor has had that you know for me i've always attached this sounds crazy but i've always attached my sense of whether I'm good or not to the memorization of my lines, which is so fucking stupid because it really has to do with the talent as an actor. But for me, forgetting my lines really scares me. You know, I get overwhelmed by this irrational idea that everyone's going to be looking at me and they're going to think, why did they hire me? I'm going to, you know, why do they hire this fucking guy? And, you know, they're going to think that I'm terrible and, this is what I attach to forgetting your lines. And I'm, I'm, I'm so happy you brought this up because for me, memorization of lines has always been a little bit difficult. Um, and if I have any anxiety or fears going into this, which have been somewhat alleviated, you know, just through work on myself, uh, that's what it is. It's like, I don't want to go into this new gig and first day and fucking forget my lines and look like an asshole. But... But don't you Even think that every happens. actor in the history of acting, Shakespearean times, thought the same thing? You, yes. You know you're not alone in that. I don't care if you're Bradley Cooper in A Star is Born. You're, yeah. you're thinking every time, especially when you start singing, if you're him, if 
I'm going to get found out as a fraud. That just the way the human condition is like, they're going to see yeah. right through me. They're going to, it's all about insecurity and whatever. So oh yeah, don't you take any solace in that to know that every actor, I don't care who it is, is thought the same. Thing? Yes, yes, yes. And this isn't new to sort of what I'm going through. This has always been my thing. You know what I mean? Um, in the last little while though, I've gained a lot of confidence before, you know, before I went off of my Lexapro initially, I was fucking flying, dude. I was like, it, it's this, it's this no give a fuck attitude that is just a great feeling to have when you're like, who gives a shit? You know, you, you go up on your lines or you're not good. Who gives a fuck? That's what makes Kurt such an amazing actor. He's unafraid, you know, and I, and I, and I would say that about Wyatt as well. They're, they're unafraid. They, they're, they, they don't care if they look dumb. They will try something. Even if it means them looking foolish, just to see how it feels. You know, Kurt told me a cool story with, like when he was rehearsing um, Hateful Eight with Tarantino, and Tarantino built the whole set, and they rehearsed for months prior. Really cool process. And Pa would go in there, and we'd have, uh, you know, he'd come, I'd say, how was rehearsals, you know, and and he'd say, oh, man, I tried some things that was so fucking stupid, and blah, blah, blah. But he, he'd go in there and try whatever, you know, something that's so ridiculous but hey, it didn't work. Great. Let's move on to the next thing. You know, that that's freedom. But that comes from freedom. having. But that's that's easy to be freedom, and be him. Forty four years. I mean, he was a child actor for Disney, so that that's easy for him. Fifty years into the process, sixty years into the process, to go. I'll just try anything because they're happy to have Kurt Russell. Meanwhile. You can do that stuff. You just don't have the balls. I, I nor do I. I'm not saying you. No, no, no. You. Yeah, yeah. There's an. It's an insecurity, you know. Um, but it, it just. It's. It just takes. It takes one time, sort of. Just you fuck up, and then you realize that the day's over, and you got through it, and you're like, oh, good, I did it. Moving on. It's no you know different, I mean? but it, Oliver, it's no different than me worrying about everybody thinking about my golf game, mine. Nobody right. cares. Nobody on yeah. that set cares what you do. Everybody's mm -hmm. worrying about their own little fiefdom. Yep. So yep. if yep. you do stuff, they go, oh, wow, yeah, look at Oliver trying, new, trying something different. You actually get points to them. But in your mind, you're like, all eyes are on me, and the needle just came off the record, and now I look like a jerk. But nobody else thinks that. Only you do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I had an experience in Nashville. I did this show called Nashville uh, a while ago, and Rio was just born. She was 10 days old. Rio's my youngest daughter. And we talked about, you know, daddy issues, right? I mean, I, I am a dad first. Just fucking born. I just finished Rules of Engagement, and I get this offer to do Nashville, and which means I got to go to Nashville and go live there in Nashville. And it was not for a lot of money. Um, but I, as an actor, you sort of stay relevant. You got, just got to keep, keep going, keep on screen, you know? And, and I made the decision to do it and it was, I was a mess. I was crying like the day of when the car's there to pick me up. I'm not fucking going, man. Like, I don't care if my manager fires me. I don't care if ABC never wants to work with me again. I don't give a fuck. I know I said yes, but I'm not going. Rio's sleeping upstairs and she's 10 days old. And Aaron was like, Get off the fucking couch. Get in the car. Everything's going to be fine. I get off the couch. We fly there. I sleep at Nashville, and I have my first day on the job. 
and I'm spinning out. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just sort of like in a new world. I'm on a TV show that has already existed. So everyone already knows each other. Everyone's already a family. And I'm the new guy coming in. My first scene is with 200 extras at a bar. And I have to be talking to this guy. And I'm an asshole record exec. So I'm trying to sort of poach him. But, you know, the band's playing and then the crowd is moving and everyone is directed to be a certain way and the band's playing and the music cuts out and then I start my dialogue. Dude, I lost my shit. I mean, first day, couldn't remember my lines. I was just in a haze of insanity and I finally just had to be like, you know, let's just piece it together, you know, and I had to piece it together. Callie was the director and the creator of the show. So I was like, oh my God, oh my God, this is, I couldn't have asked for something worse. I mean, this is just horrible. And I went up to her afterwards and I said, hey, look, um, I'm just going through shit right now. You know, it's hard being here with leaving my daughter. And, and I just want you to know that this is not how it's going to be the whole time. So, you know, and she's like, oh, it's fine. It's okay. I get it. And da, 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 da. But, you know, it doesn't get much worse than, than that. It, no. was, it was so gnarly because every time I would go up on a line, cut, reset the band, reset the 200 background, reset the bartenders, get new glasses to pour the drink. I mean, it took fucking 10 minutes to reset the fucking scene. And I'm the one who is making that happen because I can't remember a line because I'm spinning the fuck out. So... It's gnarly. It can, get gnarly. it can get gnarly. <laughs> Did Connie Britton get mad? Thank God she wasn't there on that first day. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back after this short break with more from Oliver and me. So you'll, you'll appreciate this. So, you and I are talking on a Monday, mm-hmm. and this will air on Thursday. But today was the first day of the airing of Jeopardy. Oh yes, which so me hosting Jeopardy, which yes. you it was the greatest two days, three days, then into the week of my life because I got to rehearse Monday, did five shows on Tuesday, and then Tuesday at like six thirty, I meet you, Michelle, and Aaron to fly down to Cabo yeah. to have this like after the fact yeah. fun time. Yeah. And it was just, and I just felt when I walked out of there, you know, that really went well. And then, but you don't remember the specifics of it at all. You, and you have no idea how it looks. You have not, you don't like watching yourself. I don't like watching myself. Yeah. I have yeah. no idea how it looks. I, and, and it's like all of a sudden the most scrutinized job in America is who's going to be the new Jeopardy host. And it's, you know, I like this guy and nobody will be Alex Trebek. And I agree with that, by the way. And then, you know, I like Ken Jennings and I like LeVar Burton and I like Savannah Guthrie and I like Mike Richards. And, and it's this weird cauldron of this smart show and I don't know how I'm going to come off at all. So I watched it tonight. I raced home. Yeah. I got home at 4.30. It's on at 4.30 on the NBC affiliate here in St. Louis. And I watched it, and I was like, I did well. Like, that yeah. was the first time I felt like I watched myself okay. do something that was out of my depth or something foreign to me and went, 
that went really well. And and yeah. that was show one. So it gets better as the week goes on. And of course I dip my toe into the whole social yep. media thing. And some people are kind of like digging it. And other people don't. I get that. But yeah. but some people are seeing that it's it's good. Yeah. And my family's freaking out and my mom and my, you know, of course they are, but it just it feels good to have something that's so distant mm. and it's just been laying there and then they edit it up and now here it is on TV for the world to dissect and it actually looked good. I'm happy. Well, well dude, here's the thing. I mean, you're talented far beyond just, you know, being a Hall of Fame broadcaster. You know what I mean? Like, you are funny, quick, you know, it, it's, it, this is a great showcase for you. I mean, even if it's only five episodes or whatever it oh, is. Oh, that's it, what it'll be. It's over. So it's, there's no stress. The only reason why I bring this up is, is for somebody, you know, it's almost like you. Like, if I do a game, if I do a Super Bowl, I know within... 20 minutes if it was good or bad i know in my head if it's good or bad mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and then the twitter world and whatever and you can dice you can differentiate the bullshit from the real you know mm-hmm. was this good or yeah not. yeah but for you to do this show or to do nashville or to do rules of engagement or to do splitting up together or whatever dawson's creek whatever you put it down and then you put it down, and yeah. then you don't see it for a while, yeah. and it gets edited, and then it comes out, and it's like, holy shit, I hope yeah. this is good. Oh, I, yeah. I don't even know. Well, well, well. here's the thing, and I'm sure it's the same with Jeopardy, although that is, it's a little bit more fluid and, and obviously more and linear. Formulaic, and formulaic, yeah. It's formulaic, and they, 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 will, they will probably snip out some jokes that you liked or some sort of witty remarks that you like. The issue that I have with doing network television for the most part, and well, I wouldn't generalize it that way, but when you have a cast like in Nashville that is so big right? There's only so many minutes that you have to air a show on network TV minus all the commercials. So you do a scene. I was just talking about this with Kurt yesterday. You know, you do a scene and you finish and you're like, all right, okay. That was pretty fucking good. Like I connected. I I like that. That felt really good. It's going to be a good scene. And then you watch it. And because there's 18,000 other scenes in this show, they have to cut shit down for time. (sighs) And, and so now you're watching yourself being like, oh, my God, I look horrible. I, I don't like what I look terrible. What? Wait a minute. What? The, the middle of the scene is gone. They just snipped it. And now it's here. And it's just staccato. And I, I, I went from one place to the to the next. But now they cut out the journey, you know, and I'm like, now. I'm yeah. Just, so it, I, that's why I honestly don't even like to watch myself in shows just because I like to leave it. Uh, on the set, meaning like, oh, that was really fun. I had a great day. Felt like some really good scenes. I feel happy, and I go home, and I have a cocktail, and I smoke a joint. I'm like, woo, good day. I don't want to see it. That could ruin my whole life. <laughs> yeah, well, you know? in this case, you know, you said they, they, could, they could cut out a couple of lines. So far, they kept them in, but I'm, I'm at Mike Richards and everybody else's mercy to what they keep, what they cut. But like sure. I got a I got an anchorman joke in there. It's David Keckner yeah. was the clue, and I talked about we all miss his Musk, and then I had, you know, just just different stuff that. So Mike Richards, who I really like and was so good to me, and helped me get through this and edited 
this show the way I think I would want it edited. But he said, he texted me two weeks ago. He goes, I just finished doing your show, your shows, and you were really funny. Mm -hmm. I was like, that's the best compliment I could get from the guy cutting the show together for Jeopardy. Because that's not what you typically think of when you think of Jeopardy. It's not yeah. that's not what it is. So that tells me I did it when I was on the stage. It's kind of like out of body a little bit that I did it the way I wanted to do it. And then after that, I don't care. As long as yeah. as long as I did it how I wanted to do it, then I don't care. Yeah. Well, I gotta watch it, man. I got to watch it. I mean It's good. I, it's good. I'm excited. I gotta you know, if if I can't watch it on when it airs, I'm sure I could watch it online somewhere, right? I'll get you plenty of links. Yeah, give me links because it's it's on at four thirty in the afternoon. That's the. Early. I'm going to so- send you my uh, link to my Hall of Fame speech that I raced through, and I didn't <laughs> say my wife's name, and you can laugh at that. <laughs> well, I okay. So, may, 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 this is the most important question. So tomorrow, to me, is what I understand for you, the day you leave to go to Albuquerque, right? Yes. And this kind of starts the whole, and I know you said that everybody's kind of going with you, but do you feel like the kid going to his first day of sleepaway camp, like you're, you have yeah. that pit in your yeah. stomach a yeah, little bit? Yeah, like, yeah, Where am I going? What am I doing? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I like that I went there I already went there once to do fittings and cut my hair and do all that. So I already have some sort of lay of the land. But yeah, no, dude, it is total first day of school shit, you know, especially because I didn't do the pilot. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in the show now. So everyone knows each other. You know, they, they all had, you know, 14 days to sort of get to know each other in rehearsals. And so everyone knows each other. I'm kind of the new guy, you know, but I, I've, I've been the new guy plenty of times. So yeah, there's that first day of school sort of vibe, you know, if I don't throw yeah, have you up, found anybody well. on the, <laughs> have you found anybody on the set that you think you can be friends with? I don't know anyone yet. I mean, I, I, I we did table reads over zoom, which is weird. Um, but I think I will. And honestly, dude, I'm going to be going back and forth so much, you know, I mean, any chance I get, I'm going to be home in LA with the kids and, and it's an hour and a half flight. You Should know? I come down to Albuquerque and just Keep the company, come to the set. I mean, it's a Fox show. I could get a pass. That's true. All I hope is that you, in, in the playoffs, the football, NFL playoffs, that you, you get to promote the show. I really hope that that happens. The cleaning lady? Is that what it's called? Yeah, it's called the cleaning lady. You know, I don't know how they decide who you guys promote, like if they pick a show or how it works, but God damn, I hope that. that I mean, I'm going to text Charlie Collier and say, I'll promote all of your shows. I'll yeah. do all of them. Yeah. The Mass Singer 12, all of them, <laughs> which I have to do. It's not like I'm, it's not like I'm, it's an either or because no. I have to do it. Yes, but I'm going to say, if you don't slide a promo my way for Oliver's show, The Cleaning Lady, I'm, I'm not, I'm just going to mail in the other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It will come so full circle. <laughs> it will come so full. It's so time. crazy. I know. Where are you right now? Are you in St. Louis? I'm at home, yeah. And how's the move going? It's good. Your picture's you- going right behind my big head. I love it. Are you done? Done moving? 
Yeah, I mean, we're done. We're not done trying to find where everything is kind of in the house, but we're, we need to put stuff on the walls kind of. That's where we are. But yeah, we're, we're pretty much done. The mm-hmm. house isn't finished yet, so it's a little frustrating. We don't have mm-hmm. drapes in our bedroom, which you don't care because you like pass out and sleep well. I, my, my room. No, no, no. I, I don't. Go to bed, I don't. So, so, so sorry to interrupt, but, but you know, I'd never. I never slept with anything over my eyes or anything because I'm like, well, you know, Aaron has a whole sleeping system. We've talked about it before. It's just yes. fucking crazy. Um, but she takes, you know, this black sort of like tank top and puts it over her eyes in the morning. And, and I just tried it one time in Cape Cod. And I was like, this is a game changer. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, it is. really is. I can finally sleep once the light comes. And I know it's, you know, it's, it's, this is not rocket science, but I just never, I never did anything like it, you know? I think I was born with abnormally thin eyelids. It's the only part of me that's thin other than my hair. I, and I, I, if, if, if anybody, like, if, if a door opens and a little light comes in, I'm like, what's that? What's that? So yeah. if I don't sleep with this mask over my eyes, and I use earplugs too. Wow. Yeah. But, but I still hear through the earplugs. So I I do the earplugs just for some hope mm. that unless the house is on fire or the kids are completely losing their shit, I can kind of get uninterrupted sleep. But yes, I'm gonna send you. I already I sent you a present today. Yeah, I'm excited for you to get it. I, and I don't know why I buy you presents. I, I feel I, like you're my little my little cherub <laughs> that I take care of. I, I love it. I want to be. I want to uh, be, uh, <laughs> and this is something that I think you're going to want in your trailer and or okay. dressing room. Oh, great! Um, Can't wait. But, but if not, you're going to use the hell out of it because it's cool, mm-hmm. and you're going to use it in Aspen and or L.A. So okay, so don't way. I don't want to obviously don't want to know what it is. I want to be surprised, but but what what inspired this purchase with this present? Like why? Mm-hmm. Why this? Or would that be giving it away? Um, I saw somebody with this in Cabo. Yeah. And I thought, I'm going to get one for myself. Mm. And then I went on the website, and there was kind of something funky. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I'm going to get one for myself. It'll be the straight-laced um, Felix Unger <laughs> uh, part of this. And then I'm going to get the funky one. For my friend Oscar, <laughs> otherwise known as Oliver, uh, because he'll appreciate yeah. it, as will your wife, as will your three Ooh, children. Dude, I can't wait. I'm excited. It's not that great. No, but I it's know. Kinda, but still, it's kind of great. I'm I don't want to oversell it. No, you're no, going to get yeah. it and you'll be like, ooh, this is stupid. If you're enjoying this episode of Daddy Issues, don't keep it to yourself. Please share the love and tell a friend about Daddy Issues and go subscribe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We beg you. That's right. Daddy needs a new bicycle. Stay tuned. You don't want to miss what's coming up right after the break. Hey, did we talk about um, Wilder's my oldest. Did we talk about his first kiss? Did we talk about the last podcast? We talked about the potential that it did happen, but we didn't. We didn't. Oh, 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 oh! Right, because it it hadn't happened, right? 
Yeah, I I don't know. They yeah. went on this. This was in Cape Cod. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then it all but went. This down. was your, this was speculation, and now we know that it 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 actually happened. We were yeah. So we were, we were supposed to leave on Friday. Wyatt, Wilder had his moment, you know, and it didn't happen. And I could tell he was bummed. We decided to change our tickets. I was going to have less time in Colorado and just get to Albuquerque in the last minute because he wanted his chance. This was his moment. You know what I mean? And it was great. We stayed and had a great time. But last night there, um, it happens. And it was just so... Look at you checking checking over your shoulder. I'm just scared. He's like, I don't want him to... I don't want him to okay, catch. Okay, go. Me. What happened? How do you know? How do you know this happened? Oh, well, because because what was great is he opened up to me. You know what I mean? Like I, I had a I had a talk. There with you him. go. I had a talk with him. I just said, look, you know, I know it's embarrassing or whatever, but I'm your dude. I'm your dad. Like you have to talk to me about these things. You know, like as you get older and as you start to become more sexually active and you're into girls and I, like I need to be your man. Like you can confide in me. I will not tease you, taunt you. You know, I won't make fun of you. Expose you on my podcast or uh, right, I won't two. expose you on my podcast, right. I mean, this is different since you will never hear this. But I just, you know, he, he finally began to trust me. So we started texting more and he would tell me more. And then finally he tells me what went down. And they were all doing this big sleepover. And he had this whole plan. It was so fucking cute. And he sat out in, on the swing and was rehearsing over and over like okay she's gonna come out and i'm gonna do this and then he's gonna she's gonna say this and and um you know he he texts her and he says come outside you know by the swing i need to tell you something or whatever and then she comes out and of course it does not go as planned you know that he rehearsed in his head she's more forward and just cruises right out there and she's like i know why i'm out here i know why you called me out here and he's like ah <laughs> <laughs> like oh, oh, oh. and uh and and he's like, oh my god, they're all like insecure or whatever. And she's like, just. Do but it's it. like uh, Grace. Like, what are you gonna do about it, stud? Right. <laughs> it's like, like, like you better Greece. shape up. Cause I need a man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, go ahead, Cause sorry. my heart is set on you. Get get up. <laughs> um, and then and she's like, just she goes, just do it. And he's like, oh, and then he goes in. Do it, and 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 he was texting me the whole time before she came out. He's like, Dad, oh my God, I'm so scared. Like I did it. She's on her way out here. Like ah, and I was like, it's all good. I was scared, and he was so ballsy. The fact that he would even do it and actually text her to come out there. I mean, I would never do that as a kid. I was petrified. So I was very proud of him, and it was very sweet. Thirteen. What is he? How old is he? He's thirteen. He'll be fourteen in in August. Um, very proud wow. of him and so sweet and on Cape Cod and it was just so innocent and it, it was almost refreshing, you know what I mean? Cause 13, 14 year olds these days are like smoking meth and giving rim jobs, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> it's like I, it, it, now it, it's just so sweet and innocent and pretty and beautiful. And you know, it made me happy. Dad, can I get some tin foil? What? <laughs> Um, what you got to be so proud. You got to be so proud of him and you have to be so proud of where the two of you are. That that's the best part of all of this is that he's texting you while that's transpiring. I mean, that means that you're his buddy. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was a big shift. It was nice. It, there was a, there was that moment had to happen where it was going from sort of you know young kid to sort of teenager, and he had to be able to trust me. And, and you know, I know when it happened because he liked this girl in school, and or he sort of did or whatever. And he wouldn't tell me. And, and then finally, I had to talk with him. I said, dude, you got to know that, like, I'm never going to make fun of you. I said, why are you worried? You know, and he said, because I, he, that I would, you know, just raz him. Because that's my personality. And I said, I normally do. But with this kind, with this kind of thing, I never would. They're, this is sacred. You know what I mean? This is our thing. I won't even tell your mom if you don't want me to, you know. Well, you just tell and our podcast broke- audience. <laughs> exactly. I don't know. This is, I know. What am I doing? It's okay. He'll never. You he won't hear it. I don't deal. He won't hear. What it. about and, the and, mom and/or the dad of the girl that he kissed? And this is the one oh, who's oh, oh, oh. The, they, they, the, the mom's oh, a model, or the kid's a model, or somebody's a model. They're one hundred percent listening to this. They all listen to it down at the Cape. I mean, when we were there at the Cape, we did a, an episode, and I had Ryan Hutchins, who's who's the man down there. Who's a, a friend of mine who lets us use his house, and he's just a sweet guy. And and he, uh, you know, he's up there quoting shit from what you and I are doing. You know, I go down to the beach after the podcast airs and he's like, hey, pal, da 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 da, quoting the podcast. So they listen to it. <laughs> so if you guys yeah. are listening to this shit, don't say anything. Okay? Yeah. Keep it, keep it close. Keep it, yeah, Nicole, keep it close. Nicole Long, Ryan. Who's the model, the kid or the mom or the dad? Or they're friends. no, I don't think they're models. I'm just saying Grace. Grace is beautiful. Like she's 14. Beautiful. She's okay. she's older. She's going into ninth grade. Wilder's going into eighth grade, and she's just beautiful and sweet and innocent and pure and just. It was like it was like the 50s. It was Greece. I mean, it's like exactly what you were singing. That's what it felt like. Yeah, Greece was. Do worse. you think he's gonna start? Is he gonna start writing poetry? No, he's way too lazy. He's way too lazy. <laughs> <laughs> no poetry. <laughs> I mean, come on. Her name's Grace, for God's sake. No, I know. I know. But it was worth it. It was worth staying the extra two days. It was worth the change fees for the flight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm so happy for you. This is such a good... And what did what uh, Aaron say to you? What's uh, up? Wilder's here. Hi. Hey. Uh, we're yeah. we're going to go to the pool. You're going to go to the pool? Yeah. We're going to do a cold plunge. Talk, talk to the audience, Wilder. Talk to the audience, you know, Ryan, all, all Cape Cod, they all listen to this. you have anything to say to the Cape Cod Um, I mean, uh, I love the beach. Dude, you see? <laughs> Poetry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Oh, my God. You're the, you're the perfect mix of your mom and dad. It's crazy. <laughs> uh, uh, all right, go, to the, go do a cold plunge. Okay, yeah, he's doing a cold plunge. All right, go ahead. Um, I love you. Love you. Speak of the devil. My God. <laughs> it took everything I had. It took everything I had to wow. not say oh, anything. I know. I know. He'd be cool anyway, honestly. I know. He'd I be know. good. He'd be good. So he's um, going with you to everybody's going to Albuquerque tomorrow. They're coming to Albuquerque with me for the first few days and we all fly back and and um yeah, dude. Here we go. Starting a new gig. Da, 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 another rope gig, another show. Garrett Miller. Garrett Miller. 
That's your character's FBI, name? Special, FBI special agent. I uh, don't look so worried. I just have a few questions for you. <laughs> Are we running lines right now? Yeah, I'm, doing I'm not. Uh, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not worried. What do you mean, uh, Garrett Miller, Special Agent FBI? I forgot my line. Yeah, I don't look so worried. I just have a few questions for you, Alonzo. Your supervisor said that you were the last one at the warehouse the night that Theo went missing. Do you know him well? I don't know Theo. I don't. The only Theo I know is Rossi, who was on this podcast and <laughs> is really a great guy. He and uh, and then Huxtable, who. Uh, that's you true. Know, he's seen a lot and done a lot in his time. Uh, but and no, Flurry. I don't, I don't know the Theo. Flurry. Theo Flurry. Theo Flurry. Yes. Great little yeah. winger uh, for yeah. the Calgary Flames. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I love you. Have a great I love trip. You, buddy. I can't wait to talk to you next week. I can't wait for you to get your gift. I can't wait for you to dive into this character and just give it your all. Thank you, baby. And congratulations, Hall of Fame. Hall of Famer, Joe. Let's Buck. just talk Jeopardy. Let's just let's just keep it on Jeopardy. You got to watch keep it the on one Jeopardy. episode. You got to yeah, watch everyone, one episode. Yeah, I'm gonna watch. I want to watch them all. I, I just it's at like 4:30. I like who watches TV at 4:30 in the afternoon? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. But let's get these ratings up for uh, for Joe Buck. Why not? Yeah, leave them wanting more. <laughs> yes, that's right. Um, uh, all right, Garrett. Uh, all right, all right, handsome. <laughs> Should I call you Garrett from now on? I mean, this thing's canceled. I mean, I, I'm probably going to get fired after this thing airs. I've pretty much like said lines. I've given plot points. Oh like. my god! I know it's so, <laughs> so, so deep. You've gone. <laughs> I still don't even know what the show is. I and I'm your co-host. I don't even know what no, it I is. I know. I know. Garrett Miller. That's it. I'll tell you later. Okay. I don't have time. All right. All right. <laughs> All right. Bye. bye. Listen to Daddy Issues on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Daddy Issues is a production of Cavalry Audio and iHeartMedia, produced by Margot Carmichael. Sound engineering and editing by Josh Windish. Executive produced by Joe Bach, Oliver Hudson, Dana Brunetti, and Keegan Rosenberger. 